Another Golden Globes award ceremony is in the books, and I've got my thoughts on the winners right now. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Merle here with my recap of the 81st Golden Globe Awards, the first time I think ever that it's been on CBS. It was on NBC for decades. It's also the first year in the post-Hollywood Foreign Press Association era. That organization was disbanded after years of scandal and bad press and everything else. They are now the Globes voters, and the Globes themselves are now under different ownership. So this is the same Golden Globes, and yet it's not the same Golden Globes. Globes. And I mean, we've talked about this before. This is not necessarily a serious ceremony in that the voters don't overlap. It's not a guild ceremony, but it is still seen by many people as the kickoff to the major Hollywood's award season. And while the voters may not be the same, the people in the industry are at these awards. They're watching these awards. They're watching the winners and they're looking at their speeches. And so it does count for all of the reasons that aren't really tied to how good a movie is or isn't, but the awards really aren't either. The host of the Golden Globes this year was Joe Coy, and I kind of feel bad for the guy. He was announced as the host 18 days ago. Usually a host is prepping for an award ceremony for weeks or months, and I just didn't think he was that great. The jokes weren't really on point, and listen, it happens. He would not be the first award show host to go out there and bomb. It's happened to great comedians like David Letterman. The one thing that I didn't like was that as the monologue went on and jokes weren't hitting, Joe Coy started to throw the writers under the bus and say like, well, I didn't write that one. That one sucks. Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, shut up. Slow down. I wrote some of these and they're the ones you're laughing at. Look. I mean, here's the thing. You're the host. You're the person that's out there. You're the face of the awards. And this isn't the first time you're reading this material. I'm sure that you at some point read it or approved it. And so I can't really get behind the strategy of being like, oh, well, listen, that's not my jokes. That's the writers of the awards show's jokes. No, you're the host. I'm sorry. You took the gig. That's what comes with it. That's why they call it a thankless job, because you're going to get heavily criticized. And by the way, the presenters had some material written for them that was pretty funny, and that did get some laughs, and I would assume that a lot of those are the same writers, certainly the presenters that aren't comedians and may not have their own people to write the awards show bits, so I do think, or it does seem like the writers for the awards show were able to write some funny material. Again, I'm not really going after Joe Coy because he bombed. Who knows how many people turned down this gig because they didn't even want to go out there and face that crowd or be the face of the Golden Globes as they come back from scandal. So I don't really want to attack him for taking the job. It's how he handled the jokes not doing very well. And I mean, listen, I was laughing more at Jared Leto. Jared Leto! made me laugh more tonight than Joe Coy. Also, by the way, a quick side note, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the background a few times when people were presenting awards, it looked like in the corner of the stage, sitting at a table together were Jared Leto, Nick Cage, and Joaquin Phoenix. And I will tell you this right now, I would give a year's worth of ad revenue to just be a fly on that wall and know what a night in a corner at the Golden Globes Awards ceremony was like with Jared Leto, Nick Cage, and Joaquin Phoenix at the same table. Just what, what were the conversations? What did they even say to each other? I have to know. This is like my One Night in Miami type movie that I want to make now. I want to make the One Night at the Golden Globes movie with those three actors and just like a 90-minute monologue as they're like whispering to each other with Joe Coy bombing in the background. That, that's my idea of a great movie. It'll never get made. 
part of the fun of the Golden Globes is to see the cutaways to the audience because it's such a small room. That room, by the way, as small as it looks on television, I've been in that room for other awards ceremonies. It is tiny, and so you really are on top of each other, and the cameras can get just about anybody. The one shot that people talked about was Taylor Swift, who obviously was not very impressed at Joe Coy's joke about the NFL. The big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL, on the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift, I swear. And I mean, you really gotta read the room or basically society right now to know that the one person really that you shouldn't piss off is Taylor Swift. I mean, I would honestly piss off Oprah over Taylor Swift right now, and that's saying something. Speaking of people sitting in the audience though, did you catch Gary Oldman sitting out there with his braid? Is it just me or is he slowly transforming into modern day Jeff Bridges? Is he getting ready for a part? Because that's a show that I wanna see. Gary Oldman and Jeff Bridges are brothers and they hate each other. I would subscribe to any number of streaming services to see that show. As I said, hosting is a thankless job. The material didn't help, especially when you have jokes that rely on things like, huh, boobies. Oppenheimer is based on a 721-page Pulitzer Prize-winning book about the Manhattan Project. And Barbie is on a plastic doll with big boobies. And honestly, what the ceremony needed with a host this year was somebody who was gonna go out there and let her rip the way that Ricky Gervais used to, or even the way that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler used to. You have to make the people in the room the real punchline, and you have to be merciless because that's what the Golden Globes in its modern form at its best has been, sort of a roast of the people in attendance. Most of the people there are expecting it, and I felt like they played it very safe. Who knows who said no? to hosting this show. But I, I think if you were at the point where you have a guy in Joe Coy who really isn't willing or able to go after the people in the room the way that I think you need to as you're trying to come back from scandal, I think the best way is to make fun of yourself. Because the great thing about the Golden Globes is you're not supposed to care. I mean, look at Kevin Costner. He openly did not care one bit about his presenter pattern and it killed because of that. Did you, Kevin Costner, memorize my monologue about womanhood from, from Barbie? No. <laughs> and there were some presenters who did care, like Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig. I thought that bit with the music where they end up dancing on stage, and then Will Ferrell gets angry at the Golden Globes, referencing the Golden Globes scandal. I am embarrassed. The Golden Globes have not changed. That was the kind of humor we needed more of in the ceremony. We didn't really get it. I think it might have been a better move to just go hostless instead of going with Joe Coy, but that's not what happened. Uh, you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. Listen, an award show host bombed, whatever. I think it's best to just move on. And the thing is, other than the host, I actually thought that it was a pretty solid award show, or at least certainly not one of the more boring ones that I've seen, and it largely came down to the people who won. Let's start with Divine Joy Randolph, who won the Best Supporting Actress Award in a film. She has been the front runner for the holdovers. There was some thought with Danielle Brooks coming in for The Color Purple that she could perhaps be sneaking into the race, and that may still happen, but Divine Joy Randolph has been the front runner. I think this solidifies her spot as the front runner. I also thought it was really cool that as she was trying to get up to the stage, there's nobody there to help her, and Jason Bateman helped her get up the stairs, and I think that that's really great seating strategy, by the way, because if you need somebody to sit there who's gonna jump up and help somebody up the stairs, it's gonna be Jason Bateman. You wanna seat somebody by the stairs who's gonna be a bro if somebody needs help, and 
and get them up the stairs. Jason Bateman was up to the task, and I noticed that. You do not go unseen, Jason Bateman. Paul Giamatti also won Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy and had a great speech, including a really strong John Wick joke. Up and down all night, standing up and sitting down all night. My knees. I'm never going to be in John Wick 5 at this rate. I think that Giamatti is less likely to actually win the Oscar than Divine Joy Randolph, but I think that what this does is keep him in the mix, and perhaps he goes into the Oscar race as a bit of an underdog, but a noticeable underdog. Anatomy of a Fall won a couple of awards, one for Best Screenplay and one for Best Film, not in the English language. I think this reasserts Anatomy of a Fall as a leading contender for many awards at the Academy Awards this year, although keep in mind that it is not eligible for Best International Film, and the longer that the awards season goes, the more it seems like France may have cost itself an Academy Award for Best International Film by not choosing Anatomy of a Fall as its submission to the Oscars because it really is asserting itself here in this awards season. Barbie had the most nominations of the night and ended up winning two. One of them was the inaugural award for cinematic and box office achievement and I guess as the highest grossing film of the year domestically and worldwide, it's a deserving winner by the metrics of the award, which is whatever they want it to be. They got Margot Robbie up on the stage to make a speech. They were able to say that Barbie won a big award. So I guess mission accomplished by what they wanted to do, which was to get a more recognizable movie in front of people. I will say there was something that kind of annoyed me, which is that the clips that they showed for each one of the nominees were by far the longest clips that they showed for any movie all night. The performance categories mostly didn't even get a clip at all. You just saw the actor next to a still of them from the movie. You didn't get to see any of their work and yet for the best box office performance or whatever category we got like a good 20 to 30 seconds of each movie these are all movies that people already know and I think one of the things that the Golden Globe Awards and other award shows can actually do that is really useful like real world useful is to show people movies that they don't know or that they're not aware of, and yet we got more time for all of the blockbuster films than we did for the other ones. I get it. Money, attention, audience, etc. That doesn't mean I have to like it. The other Barbie win was for Best Original Song for What Was I Made For. Honestly, I was rooting for another song from Barbie, Dance the Night, because Best Song winners tend to be a little ponderous, slow, sometimes depressing. And after Natu Natu's win at the Academy Awards last year, I was hoping that we could kind of keep some bangers on the playlist. But that doesn't seem like what's going to happen at the moment. I would say What Was I Made For is the easy frontrunner for Best Original Song. I do hope we go with something a little more high energy though because they're both good songs the other new award this year was the best stand-up comedy special and it went to ricky gervais who famously hosted the golden globes several times maybe on his next netflix special ricky gervais can bring out his golden globe award before he launches into yet another monologue about how nobody allows him to make jokes anymore again doing this on his heavily watched and promoted netflix special for which he just won a major Hollywood award. It's so sad that he's just not allowed to make the jokes that he wants to, isn't it? The Boy and the Heron won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature. The Globes have been giving out this award since 2006. This was the first time an international feature won the award. This is also the first time that Studio Ghibli won the award for Best Animated Film at the Globes, so that's great for Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki. Killers of the Flower Moon took home one major award, which was Best Actress in a Drama for Lily Gladstone. This performance in years past, I think, 
think would have been pushed to the supporting category because the awards pundits at the studio would have thought that Lily Gladstone was more likely to win in supporting than in lead actress. But I'm actually glad that they pushed it to lead for a couple reasons. Number one, I think that it is the lead female performance in the film. And also, I think that supporting actress is actually a more competitive category this year, and they would have done her a disservice by pushing her role to supporting. I also just don't think that you could make the case that that was a supporting role, given her importance to the film and to the narrative of the story and to the roots and the origins of the story. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of speeches from Lily Gladstone in the next few weeks because she was the front runner almost from the beginning of this race, and I don't really see that momentum stopping. Poor Things took home two major awards, Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy for Emma Stone, who gave a great speech. The movie also took home the prize for Best Picture Musical or Comedy, and I've got to be honest, I had Barbie already typed out in my notes as they were announcing the movie. I just thought it was much more likely that they were going to give the prize to Barbie. I was somewhat surprised that Poor Things got it. Listen, I love Poor Things, so I'm happy that it won, but this does sort of muddy up the picture a bit. I think that Oppenheimer is the front runner in the Best picture race as far as the Oscars go. I think that a Barbie win here tonight, though, would have maybe solidified it as the second option. But with Poor Things winning the award, I think that the conversation is a lot more open. Speaking of Oppenheimer, it was the big winner of the night, starting with Robert Downey Jr., who won the award for Best Supporting Actor. And Robert Downey Jr. gave the self-deprecating, funny kind of speech that, number one, you would expect from him. Saying that I was, I quote, unrecognizably subtle as Leonard Strauss. To my fellow nominees, let's not pretend this is a compliment. But number two proves why these award shows are somewhat important, especially as nomination voting for the Oscars starts this week. And of course, as people go into the voting window, people like these moments. They like to give Oscars to actors like Robert Downey Jr., who have been acclaimed their entire career and who has never won the Academy Award. They like to give Oscars to somebody who can show that they're a comeback story. And that is certainly what Robert Downey Jr. is. He's a comeback story. And they love to give Oscars to people who are going to make it a moment who are going to give a memorable speech and Robert Downey Jr. with tonight's speech show that he will probably give an even more memorable Oscar speech. These are the intangibles and again, not connected at all to quality of performance or anything like that and I won't make the argument that it is tied to anything like that but that's the way that the awards work and Robert Downey Jr. tonight I think made the case as to why he would be the entertaining choice to win the Oscar in a few weeks. Ludwig Gorenson won for the score of Oppenheimer. You know, I interviewed him actually back in 2015 after Creed came out. We talked about the possibility at that time that he might get nominated for an Oscar, which he wasn't. But of course, he's gone on now to multiple wins. He's one of the most revered and most popular composers working in Hollywood right now. And I wish I had footage of that interview. Unfortunately, that was the Screen Junkies Plus interview, which means that it's sitting on some bank-owned hard drive somewhere or has just been erased forever. Isn't corporate ownership of your work great? Christopher Nolan won the award for Best Director and gave a genuinely great speech about how Robert Downey Jr. helped him get through the speech that he had to give on behalf of Heath Ledger when he won for The Dark Knight. Nolan has been giving some great speeches and making a lot of press so far on the awards circuit. He had that 
whole story that came out this week when he talked about the Peloton instructor who trashed Tenet while he was working out that's now turned into a whole news story. Again, people like these sorts of things. They're unrelated to the films, but it's just sort of fun. Plus, it's great to see Nolan win. I may not have loved Nolan's work, all of it, but I have always respected him as a director. And if Oppenheimer is the movie that he starts winning these awards for, I'm going to be very happy, especially because I personally believe that this is his best film so far. Killian Murphy won Best Actor and gave a nice speech that started with a makeup-related inquiry. Our first question, do I have lipstick all over my nose? Uh, I'm just going to leave it. And the speech also might have reignited an old debate. If you remember back in 2020, Anne Hathaway gave an interview where she said that Christopher Nolan doesn't allow chairs on his set because he doesn't want the actors to sit because if you're sitting, you're not working. Well, then Nolan's team came out and said that's not really true. He's banned smoking and he's banned cell phones on his set, but he doesn't ban chairs. He doesn't use a chair, but he has no problem with the actors sitting down. It was just kind of a funny pandemic era story. But Killian Murphy specifically referred to the no chairs thing in his speech. The level of focus, the level of dedication, the complete lack of any seating options for actors. <laughs> so this revival of the chairs conspiracy theory really means one of two things. Number one, Christopher Nolan really does have a personal disdain for chairs that's been covered up all these years. Or number two, Killian Murphy is great friends with Christopher Nolan, who's been working with him for a couple of decades and decided with a completely straight face to wind him up again about this whole no chairs thing. I honestly don't know which one of these two I prefer, but either way, I love that we are going back to this very silly discussion about whether or not Nolan allows people to sit on his movie sets. The night was, of course, capped off by Oppenheimer winning Best Picture Drama, complete with Oprah Winfrey giving it the whole I'm half yelling and singing thing that she does. Oppenheimer! Getting the Oprah sing yell is like a real stamp of legitimacy, and I was happy to see Oppenheimer win. I thought that it was probably the, the heavy favorite to win, but it is my favorite movie of the year, and again, if, and it's been a while actually since I think my favorite movie of the year has gone on to win Best Picture, but if Oppenheimer does go on to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards and do well this award season, I know that I'll be happy. There have been plenty of years where I wasn't happy, but I did enjoy seeing it win so many awards last night. There were some multiple award nominees at the Golden Globes that walked away with nothing. Past Lives went 0 for 5. Maestro and May December went 0 for 4. And then Across the Spider-Verse, The Zone of Interest, and the Super Mario Brothers movie all went 0 for 3. Barbie, as I mentioned, also went 2 for 9. Oppenheimer won the most awards out of any movie with five. And then you had three movies that won two awards each. Barbie, The Holdovers, and Poor Things. So that wraps up my thoughts on the movie portion of the Golden Globes. Before we move on to the TV awards, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Factor. If I had to guess the most common New Year's resolution, it would probably be people wanting to get in better shape. But exercise is just part of that. It's also important to focus on what you eat. And Factor is a great choice for anyone looking to focus on improving what they eat without the hassle. At Factor, you get over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Plus, Factor now has over 55 weekly add-ons with tons of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolution. 
Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year with restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door, along with new snack options like breakfast smoothies, juices, and more. And when things get hectic as the year goes on, and let's face it, they're going to, Factor is flexible. You can change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Factor meals come right to your door and are heated and ready to eat in just two minutes to help you start a happy and nutritious new year. Head to factormeals.com slash Merle50 and use code Merle50 to get 50% off. That's code Merle50 at factormeals.com slash Merle50 to get 50% off. So the Golden Globes aren't just a film award show, they're also a TV award show, and Beef took home big awards for Best Limited Series as well as the Male and Female Actor Prize in a limited series. I've heard nothing but good things about Beef, and I really do need to catch up with it. Stephen Yun had a great acceptance speech with a pretty killer Frozen joke in it. It's so weird. The story I usually tell of myself, to myself, is uh, one of isolation and, like, separateness. And that feels like the plot of Frozen. I just now just... Uh. But there was something I noticed as I was watching, which is that he was sporting a fresh wound on his hand while he gave his acceptance speech. It looked like it had just happened, like recently happened. I went back and watched the replay of the show and tried to figure out it was like the Zapruder film. It was like frame by frame. And I didn't see any on-screen evidence of what happened to his hand. And so I've been forced to come up with my own theory. And that theory is that he was cut by Martin Scorsese. That's right, I think that as Steven Yeun was walking to the stage, Martin Scorsese cut him. And you know why? Because Martin Scorsese in that room is God. There are no consequences for anything that Martin Scorsese could do in that room. And I think that if he sees Steven Yeun walking to the stage and he wants to just cut him, he cuts him. So I'm saying it was Scorsese who did it. And unless you can give me video evidence proving otherwise, then I will not move from that belief. I am now unshakable in that opinion. Succession had a great night. It picked up the award for Best Supporting Actor, which went to Matthew McFadyen, Best Drama Series, and also Best Actress and Actor in a Drama Series for Sarah Snook and Kieran Culkin. I was really happy to see Kieran Culkin win for Best Actor in a Drama Series because Jeremy Strong, Brian Cox, his other co-stars, many of them have already won these awards. They're the flashier performances. And I thought that Kieran Culkin actually was the best performance out of the Roy siblings this season, and I was happy to see him get his moment in the sun. In his speech, Kieran Culkin mentioned that he had been nominated two decades before at the Golden Globes. I'd even forgotten this. He was nominated back in 2002 or 2003 for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy for Igby Goes Down. I was surprised that he was actually recognized for that film, although he should have been. He was really good in the movie. And now, 20 years later, he actually goes up and wins the award. And by the way, how great is it if you're an actor or a producer, writer, etc., that you get to walk up on stage to the succession theme music? It is one of my favorite pieces of modern movie or TV music. And to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit, at our wedding reception, Mara and I walked out to the succession music. You just feel powerful walking out to that music. So I love that everybody who wins for succession as they're doing their last victory lap gets to walk up to that wonderful Nicholas Bertel music. The Bear won Best Comedy Series as well as Best Actor in a Comedy Series for Jeremy Allen White and Best Actress in a Comedy Series for Io Adebari. I also need to watch this show. I've talked about the fact that I've been turned off a little bit by everyone only telling me how stressful the bear is to watch, but there's really no excuse for me at this point. I think it's probably got to rotate now next up on my to-watch list. 
I was also happy to see that Elizabeth Debicki won for The Crown. The last couple seasons of The Crown weren't great, but I thought that she was absolutely fantastic as Princess Diana. And so I was happy that the Globes didn't punish her for some substandard overall quality on those seasons. And overall, I thought the Globes were okay. They weren't great and they weren't terrible. The one great thing they were able to do was to bring the show in on time. It only ran a few minutes late, largely because they cut the honorary awards, which usually just stopped the show dead in its tracks. Sometimes you get a great moment from those awards, but I really didn't miss them at all this year. I was glad that we just kind of kept the momentum going, kept the pace going, again, especially because the comedy wasn't necessarily hitting. But yeah, in general, I think the Golden Globes are back. I don't really know how many people care about the Globes, but I was happy to see the winners, and I was happy to see some of the speeches. And really, as I said, this does kick off in earnest the award season in Hollywood. I cover it heavily here on my channel because I like to cover these sorts of things and also acknowledge that they're largely meaningless. So you will see me talking about not just the Golden Globe Awards. I'll be talking about later this week the Directors Guild and Screen Actors Guild nominations, which we're getting. Oscar nominations are coming up very soon. I'll be covering some of the other award shows and talking about who I think is in the lead for all of the various categories. So stay tuned right here for more awards talk as well as Charts with Dan tomorrow. I've got a couple of reviews coming up this week. The new news show. Lots of great stuff here on the channel. Thank you so much for spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.